It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 10th of April. I'm Jenny Barsby. And I'm Christian Smith. Imran Khan is ousted as Pakistan's Prime Minister in what he describes as an international conspiracy. The resolution for vote of no confidence against Mr Imran Khan has been passed by a majority of the total membership of the National Assembly. And Boris Johnson makes a surprise visit to Kyiv as Ukraine prepares for Russia's assault in the east. He said more than thank you. Times of London Daily World Briefing. After three years and seven months in power, Pakistan's Prime Minister Imran Khan has been ousted in a no confidence vote. 174 members have recorded their votes in favour of the resolution. Consequently, the resolution for vote of no confidence against Mr Imran Khan, the Prime Minister of Islamic Republic of Pakistan, has been passed by a majority of the total membership of the National Assembly. Mr Khan's been under pressure after struggling to tackle corruption and revive Pakistan's crumbling economy. In a televised address before the vote, he expressed disappointment, saying unfair things are happening openly in Pakistan and no one is taking it seriously. I have spent 20 summers in England, have spent a large part of my life abroad, travelled across the world, but I have never seen anything like this happening in any Western democracy. No one has even heard of it. Khan insists he is a victim of an international conspiracy, made more acute by a recent trip to Moscow to meet President Vladimir Putin, though analysts believed he had actually lost the support of the army which has ruled the country for nearly half of its 75-year history. So what next for Pakistan? Opposition leader Shabazz Sharif is predicted to lead the new government once parliament reconvenes. Political analyst and columnist Kamar Chima told Times Radio a new government could be established within days. 
just today uh, the nomination papers uh, of the leader of the house will be submitted and there's a likely possibility there will be a voting tomorrow in the national assembly and i think tomorrow evening uh, the new prime minister who is a shabash will take the oath in ukraine western leaders have made sporadic visits to the country's capital in recent weeks on Saturday, it was British Prime Minister Boris Johnson who made a surprise appearance, walking the streets with Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky and meeting Kyiv residents. He said, Boris, thank you. It's nice to meet you and it's been our privilege to to help you have a remarkable president, uh, Mr. Zelensky, who's done an outstanding job. And uh, we simply wish to keep supporting the people of Ukraine for as long as it takes. The British Prime Minister compared Ukrainians to lions, saying that Zelensky had given them their roar. It's understood that the Prime Minister promised new lethal aid for Ukraine, including armoured vehicles and anti-ship missiles. On Friday, the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen also made the journey, meeting President Zelensky and visiting the town of Butcher, where Russia has been accused of committing war crimes. However, British MP and Chair of Parliament's Defence Committee Tobias Elwood has said that the West is not giving Ukraine enough military aid. He told Times Radio that this is a critical moment and the West needs to ask itself a key question. Do we genuinely want Ukraine to win or are we content in doing enough for Ukraine to survive in some form, uh, but Russia to also be able to claim success? But I remain concerned about NATO's timidity. The visits come as Ukraine prepares for the expected Russian assault on the east of the country. Civilians in the eastern region of Luhansk have been asked to flee immediately. Robert Fox is defence editor of London's Evening Standard. He told Times Radio that the Russians will likely try and encircle Luhansk and Donetsk, meaning that Ukraine needs to act decisively. They have got to write down, that is, attack the in-depth artillery and rocket systems and missile systems. They need to cut down this very, very heavy in-depth firing, and they need to be able to prepare themselves for very close hand-to-hand fighting for various townships, because the Russian infantry forces are not much good at that at the moment. Meanwhile, NATO is said to be preparing plans to counter future Russian aggression. In an interview, NATO Secretary-General Jen Stoltenberg said that plans to deploy a full-scale permanent force on NATO's borders will be part of a major reset for the alliance. Tobias Elwood told Times Radio that NATO needs to be prepared for a war with Russia in order to defend the peace. As I say, we have been far too timid in giving uh, uh, Putin uh, the the space in which to advance, uh, the space in which to uh, test our willingness and we need to be uh, get better as we did in the cold war of uh, estimating assessing and taking risk this is so critical because as you say the geopolitics of this are far far wider than just ukraine uh, itself so we need to brace ourselves prepare ourselves uh, for war in order to defend peace that's what we need to do now on the way that's one giant leap for commercial space flight And careful what you wish for this Easter, 
as Kinder recalls chocolate products. Times of London Daily World Briefing. Well, good morning, everyone. Earlier today, I visited His Excellency the Governor-General and advised him uh, to call an election for the House of Representatives and half of the Senate on May 21. Australia will head to the polls on the 21st of May after Prime Minister Scott Morrison called a federal election on Sunday. Mr Morrison has pitched his centre-right Liberal Party-led coalition as the stable, economically sensible choice in uncertain times. It's a choice between a strong future and an uncertain one. It's a choice between a government you know and a Labor opposition that you don't. Our government is not perfect. We've never claimed to be. But we are up front. And you may see some flaws, but you can also see what we have achieved for Australia in incredibly difficult times. Mr Morrison won Australia's last election in 2019, meaning that he'll be the first Australian Prime Minister to complete a full term in office since John Howard in 2007. But polls suggest the opposition Labour Party is ahead by eight points, after leader Anthony Albanese dropped several long-standing tax policies that strategists believed cost them previous elections. Launching his campaign, Mr Albanese promised to accept the responsibility of high office. If I have the honour of serving as your Prime Minister, I can promise you this, I will lead with integrity and I will treat you with respect. I will restore faith in our political system by ending the waste and rorts and establishing a strong National Anti-Corruption Commission. I won't go missing when the going gets tough. The campaign is expected to focus more on the personalities of Morrison and Albanese than their policies. So, as Albanese said... Hey ho, let's go. The International Space Station has welcomed its first ever all-private team of astronauts. Two metres, we heard chop call, the crew hands-off point. One metre. One metre to go. Dragon, SpaceX, yes. on the big loop, contact soft and soft capture complete, attenuation in progress. The team from Axiom Space Inc. launched from NASA's Kennedy Space Center on a SpaceX rocket on Friday, arriving at the station 21 hours later for a week-long research mission. Led by former NASA astronaut Michael Lopez-Alegria, the mission has been hailed as a significant milestone for commercial spaceflight. Times of London Daily World Briefing Sport and now, with the results of Australia's Formula One Grand Prix, here's John Jackson. Charles Leclerc described his Ferrari as incredible after leading from pole position to win the Formula One Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne. Not only did the Monegasque driver take the race win, he also secured another point for the fastest lap and saw his greatest rival, the defending world champion Max Verstappen, fail to finish. The Dutchman pulled his car over with a fuel problem on the 39th lap out of 58. His teammate, Red Bull's Mexican driver Sergio Perez, finished second, with Britain's George Russell third in the Mercedes. Home favourite Daniel Ricciardo had an uneventful race as he finished sixth for McLaren. Organisers said an estimated 420,000 people descended on Albert Park during the event, making it the biggest attendance for a weekend sporting event in Australian history. Times of London Daily World Briefing Entertainment 
And who says romance can never be rekindled? 18 years after calling off their wedding, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have got re-engaged. The singer and actress revealed the news in her On The J-Lo newsletter, where she shared a video of herself in tears, sporting a huge green, yes green, diamond ring. This comes a year after the Hollywood couple began dating again after splitting with their respective partners at around the same time. In a previous interview, Lopez said, When you find somebody and you really, really love them and you get a second chance at that, that is a really rare, precious, beautiful thing and we don't take it for granted. But the big question surely is, will they finally make it down the aisle? And finally, with just a week to go until Easter, the thoughts of many will of course drift towards all things chocolate. But popular brand Kinder is under the spotlight over links with a number of cases of salmonella, which can induce stomach cramps, diarrhoea and fever. So Belgian authorities have ordered the Italian confectionery group Ferrero to suspend production at its plant in Belgium after it recalled several products from shelves in Spain, Britain, Ireland and the United States. Britain's Food Standards Agency has identified 63 cases of salmonella, mostly in children, while in France at least 21 cases have been reported. Ferrero has apologised to its customers. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 10th of April. This podcast from The Times of London is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.